Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Stephen. I'm sitting in the parking garage, not Jurassic parking, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, it's the last day of the Jurassic Park ride. It's over. Uh, what a day. It was different than I expected, um, but it was so much fun. And there definitely was that kind of almost bittersweet atmosphere. Um, I ended up coming really late because I didn't get my work done. So... Uh, but thankfully, I got there in time to go on it three times with uh, Michelle Oddish, who's been on the show before many times. And we got uh, the hilarious picture, which I'm sure you've seen by now if you've been following the pod, where she had the dinosaur puppet and I had the Jurassic Park on VHS. I was so terrified that thing was going to fly out of my hands and hit somebody in the head and kill them. And, you know, I'm going to be arrested for accidentally murdering somebody on the Jurassic Park ride. It was a genuine fear, but uh, I'm so glad I did it because it was just kind of a fun little thing to do just for my love of Jurassic Park. And, you know, it's the last day. It was There was such a festive kind of rowdy prom or like grad night kind of energy to the whole day because it was the last time. So just everyone was kind of uh, hyped up or something. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things where... Yeah, so after after I went on it with Michelle, ended up meeting up with Derek Davis, who you know, 
um, you know, in the Jurassic community, Jurassic time and stuff like that. And um, Josh, uh, who, you know, from Jurassic Con. And yeah, it was just a very, it just felt like a very kind of a, almost apocalyptic day where it just, it was like this thing is ending. So everybody was kind of living it up. And I'm so glad I decided to go. We went on the Jurassic tour and then we went on, um, and then we, you know, and then we we're going to go back down to the ride, but I needed to get some more work done. So I edited, uh, finished editing an episode of Ologies, just kind of sitting in the, sitting above, you know, sitting above the restaurant and the terrace and everything like that. And it kind of actually felt very peaceful. Uh, it felt very nice to actually kind of sit there and feel the breeze and kind of hear the revelry below, um, while I was editing and working and stuff and, um, met a really nice murderino named Paige who, um, works in the costume departments at Universal. She came up and said, hi, it was really fun to chat with her a bit about, uh, uh, the, you know, this last day and everything. And kind of the really big thing in the air was just everyone speculating about what the ride is going, what the ride is going to be. Um, what's it's changing. We heard rumors of it opening in January of it opening next summer. So really the balls up in the air of what, um, what's going to happen. But there was just, it was kind of a, but again, the energy was just so fun and festive. And so after I finished my work, um, went on the ride one more time uh, with Derek and we waited over over two and a half hours for that last ride but it kind of felt appropriate I mean growing up when you you know I only went to Universal a couple times and every time you'd go on the Jurassic Park ride you'd maybe go once because the line was over an hour and you'd wait in the regular line with your family and because since I've been going to the park so much I've just been running into the single rider or just you know going early so I'm able to just run through so so this last time on really felt kind of harking back to the days of when I was a kid and that was a really special and it was at night and I never really go at night. So that was very evocative and beautiful and spooky. And yeah, it was just kind of the perfect, yeah, it was like the perfect little day to close it out. It was cool. I, yeah, I'm so glad I could make it into something a little bit more special than, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I, I'm very thankful I have this past and I was able to make this day what it was. So I'm really excited for the new ride again, even though it's bittersweet and I'm hoping that for season two, I can do kind of a fun little, uh, retrospective on the, uh, original ride and, you know, kind of pulling more from, you know, the original ride. You know, I, I was so happy with that first episode, but there's more stories to tell and you know, when the new ride opens, I want to be there to celebrate that. So I think there's something really beautiful there and yeah, so again, here's to, here's to new beginnings and to celebrate the old ones and old beginnings and eh, you get it. So, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, it was cool. It was really cool. And I got soaked. Hey everyone, it's Timurie Morris here, back with another See Jurassic Right mini-sode. Up top, you heard me sharing my thoughts that I actually recorded at the very end of the last day of Jurassic Park the Ride here at uh, Universal Studios uh, Hollywood, and I actually recorded a bunch of stuff that I'm hoping to use for Season 2 whenever we get confirmation of when the new ride will open up. Um, 
But more on that later. Um, I hope everyone had a good September. I felt like mine went by insanely fast. I mean, it, as far as I've concerned, it's been as far as I'm concerned, it's been October first since September first, and so it's very strange that actually now we're in October. Um, yeah, it's been a very it's been a very tough month for me. Not as drastic filled as I would like. Um, you know, I've been working a lot of extra jobs and stuff, which is why I've been feeling a little bit frazzled, but. It's fine because we're here and we're going to talk about tons of Jurassic Park stuff uh, because there has been a lot of stuff going on, even if I haven't been able to participate in a a lot of it. Um, But I think now would be a good time to just while we're talking about that to just mention the Patreon, patreon.com slash see Jurassic right. Again, every dollar goes to helping me, you know, devote time to this podcast and to again just in general help the old podcasting lifestyle. So, uh, you know, which involves... um, you know, just, uh, just sitting on my computer all day, which is great. Um, and hanging out with cats, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so, but you know, there's lots of great stuff happening on there with the minisodes and, and with the bonus minisodes is saying we're listening to a minisode right now, but the, uh, the bonus, um, Patreon episodes and stuff are a lot of fun. And I just recorded a couple in, in a car on my drive down to San Diego, like my, what I want to see in Jurassic world three and some upcoming previews of what's going to be what what's in store for season two. So if you want, if you feel like leaving a dollar or, you know, getting the mini sods, those bonus mini sods, um, it's five bucks a month. So again, but any little bit helps. And as always, I appreciate everyone's, um, enthusiasm and, and continued support of the show. Again, seeing the Facebook group, the see Jurassic right Facebook group has been so great. It's been like a constant, you know, in in the last few months when I basically don't want to be online at all anymore, the See Jurassic Right Facebook group is the thing that keeps me coming back. So um, I really appreciate everyone listening. Um, but let's get let's get to some news. Although I say before we get to the news, I have one question, which is again because I wanted to I want to have questions for these minisodes again, even though we're in between seasons. Uh, and so maybe I can tell you the question now, and then you can mull it over. So then by the time this episode's over, you can call in. Or again, uh, call in or or uh, leave an email or something like that, so then I can read it, and then it can be on next month's minisode. So um, my question is because again, as we'll dive in, Fallen Kingdom came out on Blu-ray, and I want to know because I haven't really seen as much chatter about this online. Has Fallen Kingdom affected the way you rewatched the previous movies in the franchise at all? And if so, how and why? So like I've rewatched all of the previous Jurassic movies since Fallen Kingdom's come out. And, and, um, there was a special, um, special mini soda, special Patreon episode about that as well. And so kind of going into being like, okay, well now that I know that Macy and, you know, the James Cromwell's character, you know, Lockwood and everything exists and stuff like, you know, coloring the perception of rewatching the movies and filling in the lore and stuff like that. So anyway, um, I want to know if uh, if you've been rewatching the original movies and if if now that you've seen Fallen Kingdom, has that changed your perspective at all in those films? So um, speaking of which, we'll just dive right into some news. I want to get all the news out of the way and then we'll dive into some other things. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard did an interview with Cinema Blend um, and she had a really intriguing quote about Jurassic World 3. She said, in terms of the third movie, the goal overall is to bring the entire saga together. It'll be the sixth film at the end of the day for me. What I'm most wanting, other than an undercut, so she can, you know, be like a badass activist. Uh, not that she wasn't a badass activist in uh, Fallen Kingdom, but just to, she says later in the interview, she just wants to, you know, get further and further uh, in that category. Um, 
Um, yeah, she said, other than an undercut, is for there to be more characters from the earlier films. Again, it's, you know, everybody's leaning on this idea. I've been, been talking about it for a while that they really want... Um, they really want to get, you know, the original gang back together. I think I don't think they're talking about the Kirby's. I think they're talking about Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler and, of course, Dr. Malcolm to again come back for Jurassic World 3. And it just seems like they're setting us up for that. So if, if they're going to talk, I, I feel like if they're going to talk about it this much, it has to happen. Otherwise, this is just going to be then it's just going to disappoint us. And so that seems like a bad way to market your movie. Um, even though it's only, even though it's three years away. So, um, but so that's interesting. And I thought, you know, again, it's, again, it just makes me love Bryce Ellis Howard because she's very, uh, she's been so supportive of the the franchise, um, you know, since she, since she, um, you know, joined up for Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. So, um, again, she's been the one who I feel like is the, the shining beacon of light for us, uh, in these new movies. Um, and speaking of which, um, Jurassic Outpost um, assembled a great uh, a great collection of concept art um, from the new movie from Fallen Kingdom. Just some you know different Indoraptor type sketches. The cut opening sequence where the Mosasaur attacks like a ship. Um, the alternate uh, there was like going to be like a white Indoraptor that the you know that the Indoraptor in the film kills. A sort of like a you know, just sort of showing its power, more concept art for the Brachiosaurus, RIP, um, the, the, uh, Spinosaurus fighting the T-Rex, um, a flaming bus, um, just tons, tons and tons of great stuff. Um, again, because the unfortunate thing is that Universal has not, you know, made any moves towards putting out any sort of art book, the kind of thing that Marvel or Pixar get. And I just really urge, universal that the audience is there i mean even if it's something like you're doing the i mean even if it's like waiting till the very end and just doing the art of the jurassic saga i mean that would be better than nothing at all but i mean obviously i would want beautiful coffee table books for all six films but you know who knows i think yeah who knows maybe they'll save it just for this new trilogy but or have it being broken up into the two trilogies, I think that would be great. I mean, the closest we get is the making of Jurassic Park and the making of Lost World books by Jody Duncan, um, which feature a lot of concept art. So if you you can you can still find those books on eBay and stuff, but they're definitely worth it because I love looking through those and you get a really cool you get a really cool look at the making of the films um, at the time. So um, forgive the noise if there's a um, speaking of other universal franchises, if there's any fast and the furious folks out there outside tonight, um, let's see. I wanted to mention a couple other things. Um, there's going to be more Jurassic world Lego sets coming in 2019, which is pretty big news because we already knew Mattel, uh, we already knew Mattel was going to be continuing to release, uh, Jurassic world and Jurassic park toys, um, in the quote unquote off seasons and stuff. So it's cool to see that, um, that Lego is on board with that as well. I wasn't really a huge fan of the Fallen Kingdom Lego sets, but uh, I think for people who are, I think that's really great news. And it's just overall, it seems like Universal is attempting to kind of have a global and have kind of a year round. I think there was there was an article where it was like, we want to have 365 days Jurassic. And look, I'm all for that. So I'm excited about that. And then I uh, wanted to mention that um, there was a, uh, let's see, let me bring it up. 
Um, there was a really touching and sweet article in the Daily Utah Chronicle in a section called Binge Bites. It was by, um, and I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna pronounce your name wrong, but it's um, Alikia, Alikia um, Morell. And she wrote a very sweet, in depth um, piece on the podcast. And it was very touching. And, you know, it's, it's, I feel like this podcast is very niche and very small, but I feel like we're mighty and it was really nice to to read um, her thoughts on it and why people should listen to it. So you should definitely check out that article. Um, yeah, it was very appreciated. And, and, you know, this month's been a little crazy for me. So it was just really, it was really, um, it, was, it was my fucking hooray. So uh, that made me feel really great. So thank you. Um, and also let me know how, how, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, Alikia Morell, um, but you should check out her writing um, over at the Daily Utah Chronicle. So thank you again for that. Um, and then I wanted to jump into as well. Oh, that's what I was going to mention because, um, you know, as of this recording or a little bit before, we learned that there, well, we already knew there was going to be a Star Wars television series on their streaming platform that was going to be sort of show run by John Favreau. And we've just learned in the last couple hours that it in days or, or so that it's going to be called the Mandalorian. And it's going to focus on the period between return of the Jedi and the force awakens. And it's going to focus on some, you know, somebody wearing Mandalorian armor, um, you know, not Boba Fett question mark, you know, maybe he crawled out of the Sarlacc pet. I don't know. But um, one good news is that, or one exciting news is that, um, let me see, let me bring it up, that not only is, not only are we going to get Taika Waititi um, of, uh, you know, speaking of other um, Jurassic cast fame, you know, Hunt for the Wilder People, which had Sam Neill and uh, Thor 3, which had uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, and Sam Neill as well in the, his little cameo. Um, he's going to direct an episode. And then we're also going to get... Um, ooh, who else are we going to get? Um, well, I'm saving the best for last. But um, where is the... Uh, where is this list? <laughs> okay, so the list is Taika Waititi, Rick Fumuyawa, Deborah Chow, and Dave Filoni of Rebels, who are all directing episodes of this new Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. But we are also getting Bryce Dallas Howard, Claire Deering herself, who's going to direct an episode as well, or at least an episode. We don't know if it's going to be more, but that's super exciting. And again, as I was saying before, you know, I think Bryce Dallas Howard is a force to be reckoned with. And I think it's really cool to see her doing this stuff because she is a filmmaker and a director and a writer herself, not just an actor. And so I feel like doing an episode of this really high profile Star Wars television series that I think... You know, if if it's any indication of the way that the sort of standalone films went, you know, maybe the Star Wars on television is going to be the way to go um, instead of doing new films every year or something like that. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe in a perfect world, uh, Colin would hand over the reins to to Bryce Dallas Howard to direct Jurassic World 3. I would totally be down with that. And what a what I mean, I, my heart just lit up at the thought of that happening. That would be so cool. Uh, but anyway, so I, that was a little more Bryce Ellis Howard news that I thought was fun to share. Also, if you guys aren't reading the Bryce Ellis Howard Network, you guys should definitely check it out. Jennifer Tarek and co um, have a really great website over there, and you should be following her as well, um, you know, just keeping you abreast of Bryce Ellis Howard news. So, um, yeah, definitely, um, definitely follow them. Um, 
And then I wanted to mention, obviously, I recently put out two two uh, Raptor Reactions episodes on you know rewatching Fallen Kingdom, and then also uh, just kind of a breakdown of the bonus features, especially those Target exclusive ones. And so check those out. I had such a fun time recording those. It was nice. It felt like I hadn't recorded anything Jurassic in a long time. So if you're if you're diving into the Fallen Kingdom on Blu-ray and all that stuff right now, I definitely urge you to check those out. It was really fun to to take a look back and, you know, see what's changed. If I like the film more or less or anything like that, um, that sort of thing, you know, I think the film has only grown in my heart. I think Jurassic world kind of diminishes every time I rewatch it. Although rewatching it after seeing fallen kingdom, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, fallen kingdom just grows and grows and grows every time, uh, my love for it grows and grows every time I rewatch it. So, um, yeah, go listen to those Raptor reactions, some new, thoughts, some new Easter eggs discovered, things like that. So, um, and speaking of the bonus features for Fallen Kingdom, I went that one of the, you know, even though there wasn't Jurassic involved, one of my big Jurassic activities this past month was going to see John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl. And honestly, I didn't really, I didn't really, I was, I definitely had a much better time than I imagined I could. As I've always loved film scores, but with that experience, seeing Steven Spielberg introduce John Williams and kind of be the MC for the night, uh, watching the last 15 minutes of E.T. scored live like that, moved to tears. I mean, it really was a rousing, incredible experience. Um, yes, there was no um, Jurassic Park theme uh, or Harry Potter, you know, Hedwig's theme or anything like that. But I mean, still, there was so much great music in John Williams you know, at this point has handed the reins over for all of his franchises other than Star Wars. So it almost makes sense that he probably isn't interested in playing some of those older things anymore. Um, you know, unless there's certain like one-offs or something like that. Um, but, um, you know, I was going to say, because the Fallen Kingdom bonus features was really amazing. Um, you know, one of the main forces behind that was uh, Krista Mosowitz. Yeah, she really did a bang up job on those. And um, she was the one who got um, you know, who got, who, uh, got, nabbed the tickets for John Williams and invited me out. So I had such a great time going there as well as with, um, I don't know if you follow them, but Brian, the pastry possum, who's a really great guy. Um, that's his uh, Twitter handle. Um, and Samantha from Jurassic Outpost flew out to go see John Williams. So it was cool to meet up with her, um, and Krista and Brian and stuff and go out for a night of John Williams. Uh, apparently, uh, Victoria from Victoria's Cantina was there also, which continues our tradition of, continually missing each other at, at, um, events. Um, but it was really great because, uh, I finally got to chat with her on the Cantina Chatter, which is her great podcast. And if you don't know, um, Victoria's Cantina, she does amazing toy reviews on YouTube. I mean, one of the best, um, and it was great. We actually talked about 25 years of JP toys along with Chris Pugh from Jurassic Outpost and, uh, the legend himself, Jurassic Collectibles, which, um, you know, is something I haven't talked about as much, but along with, you know, you know, watching the, you know, Jurassic Park on the big screen again for the 20th anniversary, Jurassic Collectibles YouTube channel was really one of the only, you know, kind of hubs for the Jurassic fandom pre Jurassic world. And so I really owe it to him for kind of getting me back into Jurassic Park, um, back in, you know, I first moved back to LA in like 2011 to 2013 that time. So, um, it was really great to chat with him and Victoria, of course, and Chris just about toys and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'll put a link to that episode if you guys haven't already listened to it. But Cantina Chatter is a great podcast, um, so you should definitely listen to it. 
um, no matter what. So, um, all right, well, let's get to the ride because again, September 3rd was the official last day of the ride. Um, it was a fun day. It was, it was, I, again, as you heard at the beginning, it was a little crazy and stuff like that for me. It wasn't necessarily as I had planned, but hung out with Michelle Oddish and Jerry and Derek Davis. And also, um, I don't know if I mentioned, but Josh Belize who runs Jurassic con, um, also was there too. He was recently at, um, the, his Jurassic con was recently at Dino Fest at the natural history museum in Los Angeles. Um, and again, uh, have to shout out Derek Davis and Jurassic time. If you're not following them on Facebook, um, there's tons, he just does tons of great archiving work for Jurassic. So I think it is definitely worth shouting him out because yeah, go check it out. Um, but yeah, back to the ride. So, uh, and because I've been kind of just to get out of the house a little bit, I've been going to Universal Studios using my pass still and going to work at Universal, which has been nice because the Wi-Fi is better than my own apartment's Wi-Fi. So, um, but yeah, that's when I noticed that, you know, um, they had like within days, they had already boarded up the ride and drained it and everything. So they're really serious about getting that thing back online soon. And again, I've heard from, you know, you know, just chatting with numerous employees there, everyone's saying either, you know, some people are saying December and some people are saying spring and June, you know, so who knows what the, I don't think we're going to get any official date or time or anything until next year. I don't think we're going to get something in a few months. I think they're going to, I think with those things, I feel like you kind of have to wait till you're closer to the finish line because construction, you know, I mean, look, when the pirates of the Caribbean break down the pirates and eat the tourists. So you never know what could happen. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I'm hoping again, a little sneak peek for season two, I would love to, you know, do something with that opening and, and, and hopefully it all, ho- hopefully it all works out. So, um, what else is going on? Um, Brit shots, who's the Jurassic world, uh, brand manager, um, marketing brand manager, uh, I believe her title is, um, for Mattel for the, you know, for the Jurassic world line. Um, she was just on the percast, which is really fun. It was really fun to chat with her about cats and hopefully I get to, t- um, hopefully I'll get to chat with her about, um, Jurassic toys soon as well on this podcast. But, um, yeah, if you want to check, check out her talking about her cat Gigi, um, you can go listen to that. We managed to sneak in some, we managed to sneak in Sam Neill. I think we managed some Jurassic stuff in there. So, um, and speaking of toys, okay. That was just, uh, that's just Funko pop honking at, uh, me because I'm being annoying to them. But so we finally got the, as you know, we've talked about in the Facebook group already, but we finally got the announcement that there is going to be a Dr. Ellie Sattler pop figure. But again, they didn't fix the freaking issue of her being named park vehicle instead of just, you know, it's and that's that, that thing too, where people are like, yeah, but, um, you know, all the vehicle sets are named after the vehicle and not the character, but it's just very different when, you know, again, it's this issue, you know, it's this issue that we've talked about a lot, which is that, um, you know, the female and, uh, characters get really, uh, underrepresented and not, you know, not really given the care at all that they deserve. Um, and so it was just incredibly insulting when, you know, it, it would be, it would be like making Star Wars toys for the first time and not including Leia, like to not include Dr. Ellie Sattler in your launch of the Funko Pops was such a fail, um, on all levels. And so, although I do want the Dr. Ellie Sattler pop figure, um, it's just, you know, it's just very irritating, um, that kind of, 
um, disrespect, basically, that they have. Or in the, in the fact that, you know, even if they were like, oh, we didn't realize that it's like, well, that just says everything you need to hear right there. So, um, again, if I mean, again, if people want to get pops, it's fine. But I just I was just so rubbed wrong. Like, just it just totally was a disaster the way that they handled it. And so it's kind of annoying. But at the same time, it's like. Well, then if I don't go get the Dr. Osata figure, then they're going to take the wrong message and be like, oh, you know, people don't want, um, you know, female characters for their toys or whatever, which is totally, I mean, again, I don't even have a Claire figure yet. I did find Zia, though, which was awesome. Um, so that was really exciting. But again, it's it's this thing where, you know, they they I think people who are more knowledgeable about the toys, it's like, you know, in like when they deliver a box of say the legacy figures, you know, the, the Sattler grant and Muldoon to target, it's like, there's only one Ellie for every, like, you know, 10 grants and Muldoons. So it's just kind of ridiculous that it's, it's like, well, nobody wants them, but it's like, yeah, but you're not supplying them. So, you know, the demand is there. So it's just kind of old school sexism and misogyny. That's kind of holding that kind of stuff back, but um, hopefully it'll get better. And again, it's like, I'm like, if I, if I could just buy as many Claire's and Macy's and Zia's, then, you know, I think if those were available, I mean, that's what people want. You know, that's, there's a reason why, um, there's just dozens of Owens hanging around and nobody wants them. Cause it's like, we don't need three or four different versions of him. So anyway, that's, that's enough of that for now. Um, uh, but yeah, September was definitely like not as Jurassic themed for me, um, but it was really heartwarming to see, uh, again, I missed, I know a lot of people ended up seeing Jurassic Park in the theaters again in September, um, which was really great. And I definitely saw people in the group, uh, going and stuff like that, which was awesome. I know Renee, uh, saw it for the first time in theaters. And again, it was really awesome that, um, there was the LA crew, uh, Brenna, Chris, Michelle, and Courtney went and saw it all together. So, um, I'm glad that I'm glad that other people did. So, um, you know, and I saw, you know, for the I saw it for the 25th anniversary uh, thing at Universal Studios earlier this year. So I'm not, you know, it's not it's not it's not too sad for me, you know, it's, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that people got to go out and see it. And I'm glad that they did that. So I'm hoping that there's more opportunities like that. And I would love to see other movies, you know, the other film. I would love to see Jurassic Park 3 on the big screen again. I think that'd be really fun. Um, I also missed Dino Fest. But again, Michelle, Michelle Oddish, uh, who's been, you know, part of the show and everything for a while. Um, she volunteers at the Natural History Museum. And so she was there for Dino Fest, kind of our in-the-field reporter. And she got to hold a real Parasaurolophus crest, which is fucking awesome. And... Only my thing about Dino Fest is I've been the past couple years and I think there's a lot of potential there. And really, it just comes down to I would love to lend my services, Natural History Museum. If you're listening, I will happily host events, MC, get in a dinosaur suit and run around and scare the kids. Whatever you need, I'll be there. So I'm, I'm sitting here waiting by the phone. So um, but yeah, if you went to Dino Fest, let me know how it was. Um, again, the Natural History Museum is is one of my top top three Natural History Museums in the world, um, and so it's very close to my heart. And I hope that you know the DinoFest continues to grow and grow. And please let me be part of it. Okay. Next topic is I wanted to mention 
Ruby Shields. She's an Australian rocker in the vein of Courtney Barnett, and she released her new single called Dinosaurs from the forthcoming from a forthcoming new album. I don't think there's any details yet. Um, shout out to Sophie, who um, a friend of mine who I met in Brisbane for the MFM show last year. Um, she actually sent me the song, and it's so good. I mean, really, you know, it, it's <laughs> it really is like probably one of my favorite songs this year already. Um, you know, just to, to spoil it a little bit, um, you know, there's a line near the end of the song where she says, you know, so I'll just watch Jurassic Park for the 50th time, avoiding plans I made with my own friends, which is just like, mm, you know, and it, and it's just a song about kind of the loss of innocence, um, you know, from in growing up and stuff like that. So it's a very, um, yeah, it's just a great, it's a great little rockin' tune that I think is very relatable for anybody that still loves dinosaurs and, you know, is dinosaurs is almost like our connection to, to that childhood innocence and to our childhood, uh, in general and stuff. So I think, um, anybody could relate. Um, so yeah, check out that Ruby Shield song. It's really great. Um, yeah, I'll include a link in the notes, but, um, again, I posted it around social, but yeah, it's in the notes if you, if you haven't listened to it yet, or you can just look it up on Spotify. So, uh, but let's get to, let's get to some, uh, emails and voicemails. Um, I wanted to play, let's see, what did I want to play first? All right, I'm going to play this voicemail from Karen. Uh, yeah, let's take a listen. It's a little bit about her experience with the Jurassic Park franchise. Hi, my name's Karen Chapin, and I am calling just to share um, some fun memories I have with the franchise of Jurassic Park. Um, so I was born in 1992, so I was a little bit too young, really, to experience um, all the movies in theater. Um, but I'm the oldest. I have three younger sisters and I grew up in Seattle, Washington with my mom and my dad. And, um, because, uh, we're a family full of girls, my dad didn't have a lot of like outlets, I guess, to really bond with us. And I, he, I think he kind of struggled to find, um, ways to really have fun with us and engage with us. But, um, some of the things that I really do remember of like having just uh, awesome times with him is watching movies. Um, and one of the, one of the great memories that I have is, uh, there was a time when I think we, we got this, like the, the pack, like the first, second and third movies all in like this, like set that we got. And I like was asked to watch them with him all the time. Um, and he would always entertain it. I think he just really liked um, that I liked Jurassic Park because it was, you know, scary and and cool and exciting and an action movie. And and you know, growing up with all girls, my dad didn't get to a lot of get didn't get to see a lot of those movies. And um, so the, that was just always a fun time. And I also remember uh, we went to Universal Studios as like a a family vacation one time and I was scared to go on that Jurassic Park ride, but I think out of my sisters, it was just me and my dad. Um, and so we went together and that was also just like a really great, great moment. And so when I think of Jurassic Park, I really think of like fun times with my dad and, um, just how special it was. And, you know, we saw the, the, the movie that came out in 2015, Jurassic world together and you know bonded over that as well so i don't know i just really love jurassic park i think the movies are fantastic and um, i think 
what you're doing is really fun and really cool, and I just really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Thanks, Karen, for your lovely voicemail. That's that's so rad that you got to uh, that's so rad that you got to bond with your your father that way, and how it kind of evolved and grew over the years. Um, yeah, Jurassic Park is um, you know it's not for everybody, but I think it has you know we've talked about this before, just of how because the movie was sort of made for all ages it sort of has that ability to bond and bring people together and stuff so that's so lovely um karen uh i want to let me know what you thought of fallen kingdom oh and let me know what your dad thought of fallen kingdom as well too so uh next i want to uh read some emails all right my first email is from shannon it's fallen kingdom thoughts She said, hey there, a big group of us dressed up for the premiere of Fallen Kingdom. Most of us fans, primarily JP1. We even had a Nedry with a Barbasol and some Amber. That's pretty cool. Uh, I think we all generally had a good time, and since I arranged the gathering, I felt sort of bad for not loving it. I saw it, cool, but the animal cruelty alone made me disinterested in watching it again, but ultimately reminded me of what happened with The Walking Dead, and that the conflict is no longer the dinosaurs, but how humans are just awful. The atrocities that humans will commit outweighed the part the dinosaurs played, but I suppose there are only so many ways you can run from a carnivore, always in heels. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how they wrap up this trilogy, or if they'll play it out for more movies. But watching dinosaurs leap into the ocean who can't swim, that damn Brachiosaurus tasers, etc., I needed less of that. Lastly, after seeing the movie, I didn't understand why we needed to shoehorn the idea that Macy was the genetically manufactured granddaughter of James Cromwell. It wasn't until reflection later that I understood that we would do things to save Macy. Why wouldn't we do things to save the animals? Smiley face. Thanks for making my interest in these movies not seem so intense and insane. Shannon. Uh, thank you, Shannon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think... What I take what I take away from Fallen Kingdom is that this is a franchise that has been going for a long time. And so some people would say that really the only movie that really that none of the movies after the original kind of have justified their existence in some way other than, hey, this is just a fun movie. And what I think Fallen Kingdom really did was it wanted to assert its sort of why should we care about these movies? I think that's what because I feel like that's what the general consensus is for a lot of people who don't like Jurassic movies is like, why do we keep caring? Why do people keep making dinosaurs? Da, 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 da. And I think what, what Fallen Kingdom really set out to do is make you care about the dinosaurs again. And so, you know, by making this very Sarah McLaughlin sort of, you know, violence against dinosaurs in a way, well, it was twofold. And so there's that element of it too. It's just like any sort of drama by putting the animals in danger, by making Blue the focus, by kind of, by Jay Bayona making the dinosaurs sort of be characters as opposed to sort of more of a metaphor for nature, as I've been saying. I think those are ways in which they try to make us care about these dinosaurs. Because I think it's a thing where it's like we care about dinosaurs and we care about Jurassic Park, but I think that was sort of all done in mind to sort of get to sort of try and make this franchise relevant again by talking about these sort of important issues. But also, you know, again, it's that thing of like, you know, the, you know, the website, uh, does the dog die or whatever? It's like, you know, does the Brachiosaurus die? Is that going to be a thing? And, and so I totally understand if, if, if that's heavy handed for some people, but I actually, I mean, I want to be moved to cry in a Jurassic park movie. I want to get angry. I want to get frustrated. I want to, but again, I understand if that's not what everybody 
is going to see these movies for and stuff. But and then the other way that they've done it, as you mentioned, as you so clearly mentioned, is that by having a human being sort of be the equivalent of the dinosaurs, um, which was to me one of the most powerful moments in the film. I think that's another way for the filmmakers to get us to care about uh, the dinosaurs because it's like, well, may, if Macy's one of them, if she's a clone like them, well, then of course, like we we want to save the dinosaurs. And again, I think that was another smart move by the filmmakers in order to to reinvest us in why this franchise is important and the things that it talks about. And uh, I think that was was so cool. And I yeah, and I and and I think a lot of people have made that point that it, that's such a huge. Um, it's such a new wrinkle in the Jurassic Park universe that it, it is one of those things where it's like, man, this was just, it was, it was inserted there for the last scene, but I think we will see the repercussions of that really played out in the next movie. And so, but yeah, I totally get that. It's like, whoa. And then it's like the movie's over, but it's really just about setting it up and kind of adding texture and meaning and stuff to those final scenes. Um, which I, yeah, which is just wild. And so, yeah, I'm definitely hoping that all that stuff kind of plays out in the next movie. And yeah, I mean, again, it's that thing of like, well, we care about this franchise and we care about the dinosaurs, but I think overall the filmmakers really wanted to make the franchise more than just what it had become, which is just people running from dinosaurs. And so, um, I'm hoping that, you know, because again, I really love Fallen Kingdom for its freshness and its injection of new ideas and imagery and stuff. But um, I'm hoping that Jurassic World 3 can sort of be more uplifting in a way and, and sort of feature more of, again, you know, because I loved all the, you know, grossness and, and, and you know, touch and tactileness of the dinosaurs in Fallen Kingdom. Um, I, I still want all that, but I also want more majesty as well, too. That doesn't necessarily have to be sad. So totally get it. And, you know, uh, yeah, totally understand that it, it, it's rough, definitely. But I don't know. I really like I really like that people cried during a Jurassic Park movie that aren't just, you know, us because we love dinosaurs. So I don't know. It's 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 tough. But yeah, it's not it's not easy to watch that Brachiosaurus scene. That's for sure. So I totally get that. Um, thank you, Shannon. Uh, the next email I wanted to read was from, oh man, I'm so bad at pronouncing names lately. Um, if you listen to the bonus episode of ologies that was put out yesterday, or if you're going to be listening to it, um, I definitely struggle. Here we go. Uh, bastard quote unquote dinosaurs and pets. And this is from Siobhan, uh, and Thomas and her son, Thomas. Uh, so, um, she says, uh, hi, Steven, my year old son, Thomas Big fan of the pod, would like to know your feelings about including more non-dinosaur creatures in the next JW, as Mosasaur is not a real dinosaur, will we get a plesiosaur? I would like to see a plot line in which free-roaming dinosaurs have been captured and domesticated and possibly illegally sold as exotic pets throughout the country, and how that unravels with room for possibly AI dinosaurs. Whoa! Now as pets communicating with each other for no good. Thanks for all your dedication and great content, Siobhan and Thomas, and... Yeah, let me know, Siobhan, if I'm pronouncing your name correctly or not. Oh, my God. Um, but thank you for your email from, from you and your son. That's very sweet. And, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, Jurassic has always flirted with non, uh, with, you know, with marine reptiles and flying reptiles and stuff. So I would definitely love to see a plesiosaur or an ichthyosaur or something like that. Uh, 
yeah, definitely. I would, I would hope so. And I think, yeah, I feel like there's room for it. It just depends on how they're going to do it. But I mean, if we're going to get a full Jurassic world, I mean, that would be, that would be one part of it, filling the seas with as many ancient creatures as the, as the land and the air. So, um, and then, you know, a, there was a great little line in Fallen Kingdom from uh, Gunnar Eversall, Toby Jones's character, um, where he talks about somebody wanted a, uh, a pet trike, um, a pet triceratops. And so that was a big part of the original Jurassic Park novel was them breeding the, the, the mini elephant and the idea that there could be pygmy dinosaurs as pets for kids and stuff like that. So I definitely think that kind of element is on, is on their mind. Um, so I don't think it's totally out of the question at all. So um, thank you, Siobhan and Thomas, for your email. And so we're going to go right on that train, and we're going to go to Dusty. Hey, Dusty, who also participates a lot in the group, um, see Jurassic Right Facebook group. Um, and so her email is titled, My Five-Year-Old, um, quote-unquote, Grown-Up Carnotaurus. So she says, Hi, Stephen. Um, I found C. Jurassic Right because of a retweet. I also heard Georgia and Karen give you and see Jurassic Ride a shout out on MFM and decided to listen. I started this week and I'm almost all caught up. Oh, thank you. This podcast reminded me of what I love about Jurassic Park and Michael Crichton. I've always loved Jurassic Park when I was 16. I was 16 when it came out and I think because we were poor, we had to wait for it to come out on VHS. I was a huge fan of Jeff Goldblum because of the Fly remake and after watching Jurassic Park for for the first time, I loved Laura Dern. I found the movie funny, scary, and sad. I remember my brother and I both jumping and laughing when the T-Rex eats Gennaro on the toilet. After we watched the movie, my mom gave me her Jurassic Park and Lost World books to read. I instantly became a Michael Crichton fan. I never got into the Lost World movie. I love the book more or Jurassic Park 3. However, after listening to the podcast, you have piqued my interest and I can't wait to have the time to watch all the movies. When Jurassic World came out, I didn't have a chance to see it in theater since my son was two at the time. Now my son Azra is five. He loves dinosaurs and really wants to see the movies. I still think he's too young. So we play the Jurassic World apps and it keeps him satisfied. He has also listened to a few episodes of SJR and of course, there's lots of questions. Ooh, wow. I'm curious what those questions are. Um, since Azarus 2, we've pretended to be some sort of dinosaur or other animal family. It started with the three bears. I was Mama Bear, my husband was Papa Bear, and Azarus Baby Bear. After watching Dinosaur Train on PBS, we became Mama T-Rex, Papa T-Rex, and Baby T-Rex. Oh, like the Lost World family. Uh, meaning we could only call each other by those names, lol. My employees actually gave me the, the nickname Mama T-Rex because they loved hearing him say it. We have been the we have been the family of a lot of different dinosaurs, but Gigantosaurus Gigantosaurus was my favorite because it's a fun name to say. Last October we moved to Salt Lake City. Hey, shout out to Salt Lake again. Um, uh, uh, Azra was really sad about leaving Florida and Mickey Mouse, but he was totally on board. Uh, once I went online and showed him all the cool places in Utah that had dinosaurs. In January, we went to DinoFest at the Natural Hey DinoFest at the Natural History Museum of Utah, and now we make at least one visit a week if we have time. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, I have a pass to the Natural History Museum here in LA, and I haven't been in so long. Um, last week, we were the Carnotaurus family until this past Tuesday. Azra informed us that we are now scientists and that we have hatched his egg. Whoa! Uh, I'm attaching an audio clip for his grown-up Carnotaurus story. Um, which let me let me just play that. All right, Ezra, what kind of family are we now this week? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey. Hey, what kind of family are we this week? Um. Who are you? Carnotaurus. Carnotaurus. And grown-up Carnotaurus. Oh, okay. And you're a dusty scientist. Dusty scientist. And who's daddy? Larry scientist. Larry scientist. Yeah. And how did you grow up? I came from the uh, And where did we put you? I, I don't. In an incubator. That's a hard word, isn't it? <laughs> and then um, I hatched and, and then... I grew up. Yeah, were you a baby? Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun couple of days when you were baby Carnotaurus, wasn't it? What do you sound like now? <sighs> That's a great Carnotaurus na- sound. <laughs> All right, thank you, Ezra. What's with it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet, Dusty. Um, <laughs> that's really cute. Um, look, you know, we're all dinosaurs at the end of the day, right? Yeah, that's how it works. Um, and she continues her email. Uh, says, I'm also attaching some dinosaur art that we do every once in a while. I'm a scenic artist, theater. Oh, that's cool. So usually I draw the dinos he asks, and I try to make them look like the kid, like a kid drew them so we can try and draw like mommy. Oh, wow. In the attached picture, he asked me to draw what a T-Rex and an ankylosaurus would look like mixed. I call it an ankylorex. Wow, we're going full chaos effect here. Um just Google Cass Effect Jurassic Park toys if you don't know what that is. Um, the other dinos are a T-Rex and a Stegosaurus that I drew, and he collaged with construction paper and glitter glue. The last picture are toys that I bought for his upcoming Jurassic World birthday, which I believe he posted in the Facebook group. Um, he really wants the Indoraptor. Thank you for your awesome podcast, and thanks for reading my email. I can't wait to catch up with the Jurassic Park movies and share them one day with Azra. Have a dino day, Dusty. Um, and P.S. She says, I'm seriously thinking about getting a dinosaur tattoo um, you definitely should. And, uh, if, if I had, uh, if I was making documentaries, I would definitely do an episode on dinosaur tattoos because I have so many friends, um, and past guests, Stephanie Cook and Megan Baker to name, uh, and Michelle Oddish to name examples who have dinosaur tattoos. Um, and you know, Megan specifically is a Jurassic Park tattoo. Uh, so I think that's a great idea. And then, yeah, I love these love these glitter glue dinos. They look really fun and funky. Um, and then, yeah, his birthday, his, his birthday looks like it was pretty sweet. So that's super awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dusty for your email. And thanks for sending that little clip of Azra. That was really, that was really cute. Um, cool. So then our next email is from just marking it down. So I 
uh, remember everything. Um, <laughs> this quick email is from Lindsay. Uh, she says, late to the game as usual. She says, how has this pod been a thing for over a year? And I had no idea. My love for Jurassic Park started in a $1 theater in a suburb of Sacramento. Hey, when I was a kid and has stuck with me through adulthood. It's so great to hear the episodes. I'm only a handful in a well-spent Saturday night so far. Wow. Saturday night. And now I feel, I mean, that's actually, that's what I'd be doing on my Saturday night. Uh, and I'm looking forward to catching up. So thank you for being obsessed. I mean, it's, it's Jurassic Park is great. You know, I think that's what, (laughs) uh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I mean, again, I am so thankful and grateful for Jurassic Park to be in my life pretty much every day. And again, I'm just trying harder and harder to, you know, again, have this podcast be a thing every day. Not that it could be a daily podcast, but, you know, have Jurassic Park be in my life in some way every day. And I I think I'm doing pretty well at it so far. So, um, but it's all thanks to everybody who's listening. So thank you. Um, And then Lindsay says, side note, I can usually tell that you want to talk to someone if they make a comment or recognize the clever girl pin on my bag. Usually a solid indication of good taste. Thanks again, Lindsay. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. And again, it's never too late to discover the pod. I really hope that even though season one is definitely informed by the lead up to Fallen Kingdom, I think if you, you know, if you were listening to a playlist of just those episodes, I feel like it could really capture a certain time and a place as well as just kind of talking about in general Jurassic subjects that are kind of more timeless. But I also do like the, I do like that it is set in a time and a place. And I think that's what the interesting challenge is going to be with season two is, is if we're not waiting for the release of a new movie, then well, what, what is that Jurassic life look like? And so, um, I'm really excited to tackle that challenge, um, which I'm currently doing, um, which you'll see, you'll see soon, 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 soon. So thank you again, Lindsay. Um, let's go to the next email. Um, I believe this email is from Megan. There we go. So Jurassic Park was my childhood and now adulthood. Hey. Hi, Stephen. I recently discovered your podcast and decided to share my love of Jurassic Park with you. The first time I watched Jurassic Park was, I want to say it was 95 or 96 on VHS. I was a little girl playing at my friend's house. We pretended we were in the movie theater by escorting each other to our lawn chairs by flashlights. It was terrifying, but I loved it. After that, I would imagine a T-Rex popping out of the woods as I was waiting for the school bus in the morning. I remember wanting to be a paleontologist as a child. I would read all the available highlights, magazines, articles I could find on dinosaurs. I would even examine and measure snail shells as if they were bones or fossils. I also remember when Jurassic Park 3 came out. I went with my friend to see it. It was my first time driving to a movie theater on my own, and I even got lost trying to find my way back home. Oh, uh, it was a memorable night of dinosaur nostalgia and driving alone for the first time. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park 3 was, that was my freshman year or the summer before my freshman year of high school. So I definitely have memories. And I think I mentioned a little bit on the JP3 in, in the very first episode of, you know, <laughs> not making the tennis team even, you know, or I mean, I eventually didn't make the tennis team, but that summer was spent trying to get on the tennis team and walk into the theater with my a childhood best friend Brian and going to go into the theater to see it uh, at uh, Cinema City, Cinemopolis. Um, 
And then she continues, when I turned 29 in the spring of 2014, my now husband and I went to the island of Kauai to get married. Oh my gosh. Kauai is absolutely gorgeous all on its own, but the fact that Jurassic Park was filmed there was an extra bonus. It is a special island to us for many reasons, so of course we had to go back. My husband and I recently went back to the island of Kauai in the summer of 2017. We went to the filming spots of Jurassic Park and took pictures. Everything is so lush and green. You literally feel like dinosaurs could be roaming around that island. Anyways, that's my story. Uh, I'm just so incredibly excited that they're going to continue to create Jurassic Park movies. I'm also excited about this podcast that you've created, hearing other people's stories about the connection between the movie and their life is so relatable and comforting. Thank you again, Megan. Um, that's so awesome. That's so beautiful that you had your wedding in Hawaii. I love Kauai. I went uh, in 2007 after my aunt passed away, um, and I got to see a few of the Jurassic Park locations there, like the gate and stuff like that. Um, but I would love to go to Hawaii and really do the full you know, real tours, Hawaii experience and, you know, see uh, Kualoa Ranch and all that stuff. And uh, if anybody wants to sponsor me to go out there, I would love to do that. So hit me up. But um, yeah, thank you, Megan, for your really sweet and touching email. Um, all right. And the next email is from Jessica. It's titled My First Dinosaur. And she says, hi, Stephen, my name is Jessica and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I listen to the Percast, MFM, and Mother May I Sleep with Podcasts, but by far my favorite podcast of yours is See Jurassic Right. Oh, thank you. Since I was born in 1991, I didn't see Jurassic Park in theaters, but I have vivid memories of watching Lost World at Home with my little brother as kids. CJ was always dressed like an explorer because he was obsessed with Indiana Jones. Lost World didn't scare me because I was crazy about dinosaurs, and nothing was more terrifying than the heart-ripping out scene in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Just saying. I agree. Still scary. Uh, my best friend Jean-Luc sincerely believed he was a velociraptor. So, I mean, look, we, you know, childhood is awesome. Uh, sincerely believed he was a velociraptor, so when our local natural history museum opened a dinosaur exhibit, there was no way our moms were going to keep us away. Our moms took us to Fern Bank on a sunny day in June 2001 with my little brother and his sister in tow. Immediately, we were star starstruck. We were greeted by a beautiful fountain with three bronze hadrosaur, hadrosaur um, lopo Loferhotten atopis, which are native of Georgia. Sidebar, these babies are named Georgia, Hattie, and Fernie. I have a picture of them with me and my friend Katie attached. Um, oh, yeah, she included pictures. So I'll I'll share these um, on Instagram at Right, um, and probably Twitter, too, at SGRPod. Um, as Jean-Luc and I uh, walked in, we could see a... Uh, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm not killing it on the, the pronunciations today on the Teradostro hanging from the ceiling before he even made it across the lobby. He and I ran past the ticket taker to the grand staircase and were just amazed. A, a real freaking Gigantosaurus, Gigantosaurus, and Argentinosaurus were right there. Well, real dinosaur bones were at least, but that didn't make it any less amazing to see the true scale of these magnificent creatures. The Stegosaurus, Ankylosaurus, and Tyrannosaurus models inside the exhibit were captivating and felt so real. Putting my hand in a T-Rex footprint made me go crazy. Cheers, Jessica. Uh... That's awesome. This place looks amazing. I, I've always wanted to go to Atlanta, so I definitely, I definitely, again, I, I want to, like, my dream one day is to just travel across the U.S. and the world and just going to all these cool dinosaur places and podcasting about it. So if anybody wants to sponsor me, uh, again, just throwing that out there. But um, thank you so much, Jessica, and that's really sweet. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's just when you're a kid, you just want to, 
you know, I, I think it's one of those things that's like either you want it to be the dinosaur or be the explorer. And I think, or a little bit of both. I feel like I wanted to be, I, I was very, um, uh, what is dinosaur fluid is the right word. It's like, okay, cool. This week I'll be the explorer trying to like see the dinosaurs and rescue them or whatever, maybe even hunt them. Who knows? Uh, I mean, go back and listen to the fan fiction Fridays. I'm not sure where, where my childhood brain was at, but, and then also some days you just wanted to be that, you know, you wanted to be that, you know, wanted to be the dinosaur. So I totally get that. Um, thanks so much, Jessica. All right. And the last email for today is from Mark and it's Dino Sculptures in California. And he said, Stephen, I wanted to let you know that there's a cool group of dinosaurs in someone's yard in California 41 near Morro Bay. If you're looking for a road trip, if you're looking for a road trip, it's a strange place since it's in a place that's hard to stop and look at them. And I don't know anything about why they're there at all. Probably just a dino fan. Anyway, rather than try to explain where it is, I've attached a file that you should be able to open in Google Maps or Google Earth. I'm a map geek and professional map guy, so I have methods most people don't. <laughs> I'm just getting very, like, taken vibes here. You know, um, I, have a, I have a, what is it, something set of skills? Anyway, it's been a while. Look, it's not part of the Jurassic franchise, so I don't know. Uh, no, anyways, uh, Mark email, Mark's email continues. He says, also you mentioned wanting to talk to somebody that was older when the original Jurassic Park came out. Well, I was 34 and took my nine-year-old daughter to it. I also just saw Fallen Kingdom with her now that she has a son of her own. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, he's way too small for Jurassic Park's intensity, but he loves dinosaurs and has lots of figures. Uh, so if you want to talk to me about anything, JP, just let me know. Um, and oh, he says also I have a white beard and I went to Fallen Kingdom with her dressed as John Hammond. Amazing. Attaches the pic of how I nearly, how I look nearly, look as nearly John Hammond. I have a different and better shirt now. Uh, and, uh, and his cane. Yeah, I believe, I think you were at Dino Fest, Mark. I believe I saw you posted in the group. So that's so awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, spitting image really, uh. So cool. Also, I noticed your email has a picture of you in Stormtrooper gear, which is super rad as well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, it's that thing. Of, I definitely w will pick your brain because, again, it's, it's you know, a big part of this show is people who were, you know, five, six, seven when it came out or weren't who or weren't uh, who weren't old enough to see it in theaters and, you know, kind of saw it as a little kid. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I would definitely bug you about your perspective on it. Um, and that's so amazing that you, I was going to say, that's so amazing. You look like John Hammond. Uh, no, but that's cool. I mean, look, look, you know, it's my thing with, um, Lupin from Harry Potter, uh, you know, David Thewlis's interpretation of the character in the films. Like it's really easy for me to dress up as Lupin, uh, when I have, uh, when I have cosplayed done Harry Potter cosplay, because all I need to do is that, you know, do some makeup for some fake werewolf scars and wear a gray suit and pretty much, pretty much, pretty much look like Lupin. So, um, you know, if you got it, flaunt it. That's what I say. So, um, and yeah, I definitely want to check out this Google Maps thing of these dinosaurs. Um, that was something I was mentioning with um, um, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic Becky, who's been on the show, um, that when she goes to places, she'll just google the city name plus dinosaurs and see what pops up so this really gives me that similar vibe of exploration and i feel like i've been doing that a little bit myself more recently as well too so um again thank you mark for that email i really appreciate it and can't wait to check out 
uh, I'm going to go on a dinosaur adventure. So um, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, thank you everyone again for sending all your emails. Um, this mini-sode is definitely not a mini-sode. Look, it's a mini-sode in that it is more casual. That's that's where the idea came from as well as, you know, obviously reading people's uh, emails and voicemails and stuff. But, you know, thank you again, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate all the support, um, even in the off-season. Uh, but I'm hoping that I can bring more stuff to you guys. Um, again, think about next month's question. Have you watched the past Jurassic films since Fallen Kingdom came out? And has Fallen Kingdom affected your thoughts on those films? If so, and why? That's the longer version of the question. Um, but, you know, has has uh, watching... has now that Fallen Kingdom's out, has it affected the way you look at the original movies? Um, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, and again, um, if you would, you know, if if you can, um, again, leaving a review and stuff like that helps too. Uh, you know, to bring visibility to the podcast. You know, five stars, all that good stuff. But if um, if you feel like supporting on Patreon, that would mean a lot. Um, because again, I love doing this podcast. It's so fun to get to talk about Jurassic Park. It just makes me really giddy. And just to get to share these memories with everybody is, is really fun and it means a lot. So I'm so happy to be doing this. And yeah, I can't wait to bring season two to you guys, um, you know, soon, 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 hopefully. <laughs> uh, but that actually makes me think about that. I definitely want to introduce some new segments to the show before we get into season two, because um, I think because season two is going to be a little bit more labor intensive and stuff, because I just just really want to do it right. Um, I want to introduce some other stuff where we can talk about some fun things and maybe watch some movies together and and, you know, talk to some really cool people, uh, you know, before we dive into season two officially proper. So I just wanted to tease that. Um, so, yeah, look for that stuff soon, just just for ways that I can continue to do this podcast on a regular basis um, that maybe isn't as editing intensive, you know, more just casual stuff. But I feel like, I feel like you're all on board. Um, it seems like, and you know, the poll in the Facebook group, everyone seemed pretty, um, except for that person honking, but, uh, it seemed everybody was pretty like, you know, stoked about even doing things in a more casual manner while we wait. So, um, but let me know what you think again. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to keep doing Jurassic Park stuff. So, uh, that's that. And so I just wanted to close out this episode with some little snippets from conversations with Dax Schaefer and Luce Tomlin Brenner, as well as Nick, your boy Jurassic and Ellen, who has uh, called in before and stuff, friend of the show. Um, uh, basically, I asked one of the other questions I asked was like, what would you want to see in season two? So they kind of shared their thoughts. So I thought that'd be fun to play out. And then also Nick shared his thoughts about kind of what he's planning to do between now and when, uh, uh, when Jurassic world three comes out and it's kind of a little inspiring. So I wanted to play that as well. So thank you to everyone. Patreon.com slash see Jurassic, right? See Jurassic, right? On, on Instagram, SJRPod on Twitter, Stephen Ray Morris on all the things. Um, again, thank you so much. Life finds a way. And, um, you know, you know, hold on to your butts. It's it's getting spooky in October time. So, you know, um, yeah. Oh, I hope to see some Jurassic Park costumes. Keep that in mind. I will see you very soon. So until then, farewell. Goodbye. 
and good luck. Hello, Mr. Morris of the Stephen Ray Variety. This is your boy, Jurassic, a.k.a. Nick, a.k.a. that guy who posts on the Facebook group too much. Anyways, I am giving you a call. Technically, this is a recording. I don't know where I've been, but, you know, technicalities. I'm just calling in to talk about... I just want to respond to the questions from Minnesota 14. Um, number one, how are you planning to pass the time between now and Jurassic World 3's release in 2021? Uh, I have a lot of things planned. Um... I want to do more networking with the rest of the SGR fans. I'd love to do a little meetup uh, East Coast. I know some of us talked about it and I have to get back on the ball and follow up, but that's something I really want to do. Um, keep listening to the podcast, obviously. Um, I'm also going to work on um, some of my own creative stuff. I have a dinosaur themed novel I'm in the middle of working on. And when I say I'm in the middle of working on it, I'm like maybe 20 pages in. But that's another story for another day. Um, I've also got another conference coming up in October. I'm going back to England for a Frankenstein conference where I am going to be talking about what else but our modern Frankenstein Jurassic Park because I want to torture myself. Yeah, so that's some of the stuff I have planned. More writing, more talking about the film. Um, more really getting to know more fans, more SGR people, Dinerinos. Um, we're all going to meet up at one point. It's going to happen. We're going to do it. Um, what else? Hmm. I just really think about what else other than that I'm going to do between now and then. I think, well, I got my blog and my little dinosaur blog and I'm going to keep doing that. Um, so yeah, those are kind of all the things that I, I think I want to do with my time between now and 2021. Um, I'm starting to get a little more excited for this movie. The more I've listened to the, I, I had a binge to catch up on all the SGR episodes, but listening to more of, uh, what everybody was talking about and what you talked about, um, in those episodes about your reactions and stuff. And it, it, it really, um, sort of changed my perspective on the film. Actually, I'm going to go see it tonight. Um, it's September 1st. The movie comes out digital in like three weeks, but I'm going to go to the theater tonight cause it's there. I'm going to a 1040 showing just because, but I, I'm going to try and go in with that new mindset now of, what you guys had all been talking about, uh, uh, I think you guys really give it some merit I hadn't seen before, and I was very resistant to it. Um, and I think that was just on me. So I'm going to go in with a more open heart this time around and see what kind of happens. Uh, yeah, that's so that's number one. So what would I like to see explored about in season two of Sea Jurassic Right? Well, I would love to hear um, more content um, in relation to the novels. Um, I think that would be fun. Um, more, and, and that even includes like Evolution of Claire and stuff. Uh, I think that would be really cool to talk about. Um, 
I also think it would be neat to um, explore... Um, I don't know what the term... I can't find the term, but... Not critics, but... You know, the people that are on the front lines, like, creating content about um, Jurassic Park right now, like Clayton. So hearing hearing more from them about, like, why they're doing what they're doing, um, <clears throat> you know, what's their focus, what what are their own ideas, you know, you know, what's coming up for them in the future, stuff like that. That'd be really cool, I think. Um, I also think a dive into the philosophy and the ethics of Jurassic Park, both the novels and the films, um, I think is exploring. I'm not trying to suggest that because that's a little bit of an area. I wouldn't say expertise, but I can talk to that more fully. So I'm not just trying to insert myself into the podcast. I would never try to do that. I would never try to like make you ask me to be a guest just so I could talk about the philosophy of Jurassic Park. I would never do that. Never. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. And I think, I think too, I would love to see a lot more legacy um, legacy of the films uh, in the lives of everyday people. Um, I mean, you've done it before. Plenty of people on the on the show have talked about how it's impacted their life. But you know, I would love to <clears throat> really hear from a bunch of more people, um, more in depth conversations about you know where the film has affected their lives, uh, stuff like that. Um, I think it'd be neat if you could get a paleontologist on that. Um, specifically cites the film as inspiration going into their careers. I don't know who you'd, who you'd get, but I think that would be friggin' cool. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's it as far as, you know, what I'm thinking about what I like to see explored. Um, I really just love, you know, whatever topic you pick and whatever. And, and I'm excited to see in this next season, you know, we find some corners maybe that I say we like I'm like I'm involved in it. Yeah, you you explore uh, some corners that, you know, maybe are a little dusty, overlooked that um, could use some attention. Um, yeah, I really think that super props to Zelma. I freaking love her. She's the best. I loved um, how you gave her email more time in that minisode back a little bit ago I think conversations like that too should really be in the next season um but yeah cool that's all I got I hope you're doing well anyways peace love and dino butts um and I will talk to you soon um I love the idea of doing a deep dive into the books (laughs) I think it would be really fun to do like a uh, Jurassic Park Lost World kind of book club and explore themes of how those have been the books like you can see themes that have been pulled from the books and seen in all of the movies um I'll I mean I'm very excited to see what the toy rollout is going to be from this movie obviously there's a few things out already but um a film critic I really like was talking about how he thinks the Indoraptor is too scary to be a toy um and that uh 
he thinks kids wouldn't want to play with it because it's like too aggressive, which I think is really funny. And uh, I am excited to see what the dinosaur like. Are they going to make an Indoraptor? Like, what are going to be the action figures that come out of this movie? What are they going to do for this Christmas? So I think there's a lot to explore with that. Um, and I do, I like the idea of uh, mapping out people's ideal Jurassic Park movie. That was a fun question that I, I feel like I'm still living so hard in Fallen Kingdom that it's hard for me to imagine anyone, but I'd love to hear other people's ideas about that. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, so far it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, now that they're here now that they're uh you know in the continental united states i feel like really it's blown open for anything to happen so more fan fiction no um (laughs) uh if you uh play any of the the games or any of the ancillary material it'd be fun to hear your thoughts on that it might also be fun for you to go even more specific i think You've mentioned before special effects being a, an interesting... I absolutely think you should do an episode focusing on Stan Winston or or at least... Or maybe the progression. Because what, what better series to look at for the progression of special effects than Jurassic Park? Because it's... Uh, except maybe Star Wars. But, like, <laughs> you've got really just something that was pretty solid out of the gate and maybe had some bumps in the road, but I think has arrived at a really place like a really good place if not arguably better because the cg the cg in fallen kingdom is better than the original jurassic park i'm sorry i know that it's hard to probably look at something without nostalgia but like if you compare the cg of those two films this film clearly has better cg um so it's but it was still so solidly done in those first movies and it it would be kind of a cool way to illustrate how um, filmmaking has visually progressed over the decades and uh, yeah continued to make us believe in believe in dinos Hi there Steven, it's your fellow Jurassic Park GIF lover connoisseur, etc. friend um, from Twitter and all the other socials, Ellen I was just calling to ask for season two of Sea Jurassic Right that we explore more of the relationships and like those romantic relationships between the characters. You know, I saw that um, article about that uh, Ellie and Alan were not in a relationship during Jurassic Park, but they for sure were. Even if it was not Facebook official, it was definitely a relationship. And I think it's super interesting to explore the dynamics of how the um, the different women that are portrayed in Jurassic Park are so strong and amazing. So that's what I'd like to hear about in season two. You can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJRPod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at SeeJurassicRide at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. 
And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.